Welcome to the Graceful Exit Podcast. I'm Kimberly Hertz, founder of the Graceful Exit, created to educate, empower, and support women as they navigate divorce. Beginning with us, we are putting a stop to the divorce stigma through meaningful conversations about the emotional and endearing experience divorce often brings. My hope is that you'll follow along on this journey and join our community of women navigating divorce with grace. Hi, everybody. Today, I have the pleasure of meeting with Haley, who's actually turned her divorce journey into something pretty powerful in the divorce coaching for men. She's going to go over her personal journey and introduce herself, and then we can see how it went full circle and going into her business as well. So Haley, I'll let you introduce yourself and give a little bit of background. Well, first, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. My name is Haley Lisa, and I'm better known as the Divorce Coach for Men, which I started about 10 years ago. And the business was inspired, I say, unfortunately, from my two divorces. If you'd like, I'd love to share the story with you, what brought me to where I am today. Absolutely. Let's see. A while ago, about 24 years ago, I was a very young girl living in a state I was not from, which was Illinois at the time. I married very young at the age of 20, and my husband was much older than I was at the time. He was 32, and there's a big age difference, I believe, between 20 and 32. It's oh, yeah. Now at 52, 12 years is not a big deal, but at that age, there really is a big age difference. And that marriage lasted about eight years, and it resulted in us having our son. And when my son was about three and a half on the cusp of turning four, I realized I had no choice but to file for divorce. Back then, 24 years ago, and a very young mother of now 28, we didn't have the wealth of information we have today, whether it's about the divorce process, whether it's about even mental illness. And sadly, my husband at the time was really struggling with what was a lot of mental illness. And again, I was not familiar with terms such as bipolar. Fortunately, we are today. What I thought was going to turn into a very amicable divorce, again, we didn't even have terms such as collaborative law back then. You hired your family attorney and you hoped for the best. You didn't even know what the process was going to entail. And of course, we didn't have divorce coaches back then. That was unheard of, sadly. You know, I wish we did. So I went through this very chaotic and high conflict divorce, sadly. It was 14 months of just an emotional roller coaster ride. It's something I always say I would never even wish upon my worst enemy. And I say mm-hmm. that because we realized early on, both my husband and I, we were not going to be able to co parent together. You know, and I always advocate for equal shared parenting time. I think it really should always be the goal when two parents can raise their children together in a peaceful manner. But because of you know, a lot of mental illness thrown into the mix. I had to fight for sole custody of my then four-year-old. He was fighting for sole custody as well. And after 14 months of so many courtroom hearings, testimonies from psychiatrists, therapists, even therapists that they had hired, wound up testifying on my behalf. And of course, I was awarded sole custody of my son back then. And looking back, I say to myself, how did I even have the strength to go through it? To be honest with you, I don't even know how that young 28-year-old did it. Mm -hmm. I found myself in a state I was not from. So I had no support as far as having family members. 
very few friends. I didn't even have the money to go through the divorce, to be honest with you. I had to borrow from my parents an enormous amount of money. Back then, I had spent nearly $60,000. And 24 years ago, that was a lot of money. And it is still today to spend on a divorce. It's ludicrous. But I found myself in, sadly, the fight for my life and my son's life. And I had no choice but, of course, to see it through. You know, many times people will come to me and say they don't have strength to see the divorce through or fight for their children. But it's amazing how when you have no choice and your back is against the wall, your maternal instincts or your paternal instincts will just kick in and take over and give you that strength. And so when my divorce was finalized, I then married my second husband and I married him very quickly after that divorce. And I realized looking back, of course, hindsight's always twenty twenty that I needed a savior. I needed someone to save me from now being a single mother. And I say that because I had this ultimate fear of repeating what my mother was, which was a single mom who was always financially strapped. I was the product of a divorced family. So I thought I just didn't want to live that life. And so I married my second husband and we were married nearly 20 years. We both had one child. Um, They were three weeks apart, two boys. And we built this life living in, in Palm Beach, Florida. But I knew early on that this was not going to last very long. And I say that because I married someone who now was an alcoholic. So I went from one marriage with mental illness to now another marriage that was filled with its other toxic behavior, which was the alcoholism. But that divorce was so different from my first divorce. We went about it in a very peaceful, amicable way, even though my husband really didn't want a divorce. You know, he felt that I would never divorce him. And I believe I probably gave him that message all those years, not having the strength to leave. But I kept saying, you know, through every chapter of my son's life, let me get him through middle school and then I'll leave, or let me get him through high school and then I'll file. You know how many of us women do that because of, again, fear. Right. We don't know, are we going to make it on our own? And so finally, when my son graduated high school, enrolled in college, I said, okay, that's it. I am going to find that strength and walk away for a second time from a marriage. And I did. And I have to say, it was the best thing I did for both my son and I. I kept thinking I was doing the right thing by staying so I can provide financially a good life for my son. But looking back, I realized that By doing that, I traded financial freedom for this unhappy, peaceful, toxic home. Mm -hmm. So I want to pause there because I think that so many women can relate to this scenario, whether they say, okay, once the kids graduate from high school or they go off to college, that's when I, I will file. So now looking back, what would you have told your younger self or what advice would you give to women that are in that same predicament? I'll tell you what I would tell my younger self, and that is don't let fear rule you. Mm -hmm. You will be okay. Maybe not right away. I remember when I left my second husband, as fearful as I was, I downsized. I lived a very different lifestyle than both that my son and I had become accustomed to, but that's okay because I realized early on that having a home that is full of peace and love and calm Mm -hmm. is far better than having the financial security of maybe that suburban home and the two cars in the driveway. 
So I would say to your listeners and to my younger self, don't let that fear rule you because it will rob you of so many years that you can't get back. And that's what I've told many of is that the home is just four walls for the physical being. It's what you actually place into it that I think would make the difference. So whether you're renting or buying or downsizing, I don't think it really makes a difference. It's everything that you end up putting inside those four walls that I think can make a lasting impact on your children. I couldn't agree more. And I I have to tell you, Kim, you know, when I left Palm Beach, I said to my son, I need a different life. We need a different chapter. I didn't want to start over in the same county, in the same town. We're incredibly close. I said to him, look, let's start a new life in a chapter. Would you consider us going to a small town in Wyoming? Mm -hmm. And at first he thought I was absolutely crazy and kidding, but I wasn't. And I said to him, I can't do it without you, but I, I would love for us to just go and heal. And that's what we did. I hired movers. I moved across the country to a small oil town, Casper, Wyoming. We didn't know a soul, rented a small apartment, and we began a three-year journey of just healing in this small little town where we met the most wonderful people. And of course, that's an extreme example of trying to get away and heal. My son turned to me one day and I had said to him, you know, I'm so sorry that we have this small little place compared to how we were living. And he looked at me with tears in his eyes and said to me, mom, for the first time, we have a peaceful home. Who cares about living on the water with a boat outside? He said, for the first time, we don't have yelling and screaming and we have peace and you're not scared anymore. That said to me right there, I had not only made the right decision, but I realized all those years, my son, I was setting this example that fear can rule you. and. I regret that, but I'm so grateful that I finally made that decision to not let that continue and let my son see that I can break that cycle and not let fear just rule us (laughs) forever. Yeah, I sincerely admire you for doing that and finding the strength, even after you said 20 years. I mean, there's always a time, whether it's 10, 20, 30 years later, as long as you can make that pivot and that change. That takes an incredible amount of strength. And I just applaud you for being able to do that. So what did those three years look like through the healing process for you? They were wonderful. And I say that because I had began coaching and I was coaching men and women at the time. And I enrolled in something called nonviolent communication and VC for three years. And it was just such a wonderful journey in this small town of not only starting my coaching, but learning this NBC style of communicating with people. And, you know, my son did incredibly well at the local college. I'm telling you, Kim, it was the best three years of our life. And you you wouldn't think moving from Florida to this small little town in Wyoming, but I can't say enough about that journey for us. It really, we walked away both stronger and healthier in those three years. And I thought it was very important for us to do that. Because in all honesty, I didn't do that the first time after my first divorce. I didn't take the time to heal, let my four-year-old even heal. Mm -hmm. I made that very big mistake of getting married on the rebound. That's another piece of advice I would give women. Don't rush into a second relationship or marriage right away. Don't let that fear again make you jump so quickly. It did for me at 28. 
But so, I mean, incredible advice because so many women end up repeating the cycle and it may not look exactly the same like yours did from one man to another, but it had a lot of similarities. And unfortunately, I think that can be a huge piece of advice and takeaway from this story is that do not repeat the cycle and give yourself grace to heal during that time. Exactly. You need that time to heal. And your children need that time to heal. You may not realize it. You may think, well, your children are young. They won't know. But I'm here to tell you, my son is 28 now. He does know and he did know, which is why I'm grateful that we went on this journey together when he turned. He was just on the cusp of turning 21. We took that three-year journey together to heal and really make up for all those years that we didn't. Sometimes you don't have that luxury, which is why I highly recommend not jumping into that next relationship that comes your way, it it can really have detrimental effects on your future. Yeah. How about then walk me through about how you decided to get into coaching and what does that actually look like today? I went into coaching for the mere fact that there were no resources when I went through Mm -hmm. both divorces. You know, like I said earlier, there was no such thing as a divorce coach. If you needed help, you would go to a therapist. However, a therapist, at least then, would not address anything about your divorce. It was more about your childhood issues and what brought you to the present rather than the present going forward and what, how to really go through the divorce process. And I realized early on, there are so many people like myself who could really use someone to help navigate those awful choppy waters of divorce. And I do believe that if I had a divorce coach on my team in my second divorce, I think it would have gone even smoother than it did. I saw how my husband was struggling emotionally because he too was not, he did not want the divorce. So he too could have used some support. And that's what inspired me. I thought if I could change that process for any man or woman out there, then I know I've done something good. I'm paying it forward from my horrible experiences. And I decided I had to do it. I just felt this calling, really. So I did that along with my NBC training for those three years I started early in Wyoming. And then I was working with men and women. And I decided also within a few years to just make the jump to just work with men only. And I did that for a reason. I realized that there were very few resources, even more so for men. You go on Google today and you do a quick search, there's endless amounts of resources for women. Facebook groups, divorce coaches, relationship coaches for women. But if you do the same search for men, there's almost none. And I think being the mother of a man myself, I thought, you know, if my son were to get married and God forbid need a divorce coach, a resource, a support system, if he were to get divorced, I would want to know that there's resources out there for him. And that's why I decided I really want to work with men. I really want to give them some support because there's so few out there for them. Right. And I think that's what we talked about too. It's it's becoming a full circle for the women though. And if you can allude on that a bit, because had our exes had the coaching through it, our divorces may have been completely different. So if you want to talk through that a little bit. Oh, absolutely. You know, when I described my first divorce to you, I told you there was a lot of mental illness on my Mm -hmm. Ekman's um, heart in the mix. But I do believe had he had a divorce coach, that 
would have been a game changer in a sense that he would have probably been advised to go into therapy. Mm -hmm. I believe that because I know I advise my clients when I think that they need therapy, that they should go into therapy. I'm not a therapist and I stay in my own lane. You can see when someone really needs a therapist, you know, Mm -hmm. they need some help. And so with my second divorce, I kept thinking to myself, if my husband had some support, it would make my life easier, right? It really would have. People ask me all the time, well, do you feel that you're not supporting women by working with men? And I always explain to them quite the contrary. I am helping my male clients play ball and be fair and communicate better, nicer with their former spouses. Mm -hmm. I want them to have a really healthy co-parenting relationship with their ex-wife. And by doing that, it's going to make her life easier. And by making her life easier, the children are going to be happier. It really comes full circle. And I'll give you an example. I have a client now. We've been together quite a while now. I would say about 14 months. And when we met early on, he was blindsided by the divorce. There was a lot of infidelity at play. He really wanted to do his best to sabotage his wife and have her fired. He has a very good job with a very well-known corporation. And I said to him right away, A, I won't be a party to that and I won't work with you if you do. Mm -hmm. But number two, by doing such a thing, not only will you not be able to take that back, but this is the example you're leaving for your son. You are showing your son that it's okay to do this to his mother. You don't want to do that. And so by working out with his anger and fast forward a few months later, he never acted on it. Thank goodness. And my point of my story is that it went full circle. I don't want to take credit and say I saved a woman's career, but he didn't sabotage this woman's career who worked so hard for it. And she's good at what she does. And I'll never meet her. But that is just one example of how I'm trying to support women too, just on the back end by working with their ex-husbands. Exactly. And again, I wish these resources were available when we were going through our divorces. So again, I just appreciate all that you're doing sharing your story and just being vulnerable because there's so many similarities that you have shared that our community is going through right now. And the fact that you've turned your, what I call pain into purpose and pain it forward. And I just appreciate all that you do and are continuing to do to educate and empower not only the men, but the women as well. Is there any tangible advice that you would like to share? I know you've had some great tidbits in here, but is there anything in closing that you would like to share with the community? I will say this, whatever you do, no matter how bad your divorce is, and there's a lot of divorces that unfortunately are high conflict, do your best to never speak ill about your former spouse Mm -hmm. in front of your children and to your children. That is something that I hold sacred. And I say that because as bad as my divorce was to my son's father, For 24 and a half years, I've never spoken badly about him. I've never said an unkind word. Now, that doesn't mean if he comes to me as a man with a question, and I believe in answering honestly, but never speak ill of your former spouse to your children. Number one, it'll backfire on you. Your children, trust me on this, will only resent you for it later. Maybe not in the present, but they will. And number two, you know, take the high road and show your children that As bad as things may be, you can still show a level of respect to their mother or father. And that is the one piece of advice I would absolutely give 
anyone going through a divorce. I hold that sacred. I really do. Well, that is incredibly powerful. And I think a lot of people end up choosing the anger or just the overwhelming experience of divorce and unfortunately do that. But part of our tagline too is navigating divorce with grace, right? And so that your children can be proud of the path that you have chosen. And I think your son is, has, has to be so proud of you and just everything that you have done and just shining an example to all those people. So I appreciate you, Haley, and your time. And thank you for sharing your story here. Thank you for having me, Kim. I hope it was eye-opening for some people and I hope they had some takeaways from it. Absolutely. And we'll share your resources too and all the show notes. So if any woman would like to encourage their ex or husband (laughs) to go get coaching, we'll make sure that your information is out there. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 